this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 162, and we are recording on Tuesday, September 19th. I am Katie McLean Horner, along with Kendra Winchester, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Kendra. How are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. I've been keeping busy with all of the corgi, all of the corgis. I have two corgis. We, it's finally, we can go outside. And so I've been sitting outside with an audiobook and I've tied the corgis, you know, to this gazebo and we just hang out and have a beautiful afternoon and, uh, that I'm not like, you know, drenched in sweat. So it's really nice. <laughs> oh, that sounds delightful. <laughs> we, yes. it's, it's been, it's been pretty rainy out here and I, uh, I got, I would, yeah, I would love to have the opportunity to sit outside and enjoy more books, but it's been work. Stress at work, come home, collapse, repeat. Um, it has just been, we are very shorthanded at work and everyone is getting sick with all of the back to school colds and stuff like that. And so I've, I've had to pull a lot of extra desk shifts on top of an increasing workload at work. So yeah, it is. it has just been work home and that and that's just about it. But I am, I am so glad that the weather is cooling down and getting nicer where you are. I know South Carolina is just so gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It has a bit of a different climate than the than the low country, but it's still incredibly humid but without a sea breeze. So, it just like hovers a little bit during the summer and it's just it's just uh, a lot. So, I'm so glad this is like the few like, you know, 4 weeks out of the year that Dylan is happy with the weather. <laughs> So he has uh, been loving rolling in the grass, like doing the whole bit. And, you know, I am ready for like Halloween, you know, reading. And that is what I have been gravitating towards. And so I have just become like I've started Googling all sorts of horror books. And it's really interesting that I am just ready for fall, but it's still like 80 degrees. But I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting into fall mode. It's still, thankfully, it hasn't, it hasn't gotten, it hasn't stayed too hot here, hasn't gotten too chilly. I like, I like that nice median temperature, but I am, I'm looking forward to vacation. We're going to be going to Colorado in a couple days for about a week and a half. And the, where we're going in Colorado are the places where the trees start changing, like some of the, the, the trees start changing right away in the in these areas up in the mountains. So um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the foliage is just going to be gorgeous while we're out there, and I'll be able to bask in all of the fantastic fall vibes and stuff. We've got we've got our plaid flannel shirts ready. You know, we're getting ready to go on hikes. There's going to be a there's going to be a hard cider and bluegrass festival that one of the towns we're staying in. So we I am ready to just dive headfirst into all of 
these fall vibes. I'm here for it. So have you, what what has caught your attention from the stuff that, that you've been reading and enjoying and sitting outside and listening to? Well, a friend of mine recommended The Small Spaces Quartet by Catherine Arden, and it's a middle grade series about these three students who are in sixth grade, and they're going on a fall field trip to this farm. And before they know it, their bus has driven into some sort of mist, and the bus driver kind of warns them to run, essentially, but in a very cackling, sinister way. And so they run into the forest, and this smiling man, as they call it, turns all of their classmates into uh, scarecrows. And so that's really where it starts. And so the four books are each set in a different season. And so it's a complete year of their life. And it's they're really their battles with the smiling man over and over. It's so good. It's like a creepy little series. I listened to them all in like two days. So <laughs> the smiling man, I'm like, no good can come from this. Also, from experience, from my bus riding days, if your bus rider turns around and cackles and tells you to run, also not a good sign. <laughs> Definitely not. And the second book, they go, it's it's the winter one. So they're going up to the ski lodge because it's set up in Vermont. And uh, let me tell you, I listened to that at 2 a.m. in the morning, lying in bed, and it's a ghost story. And I just, it was terrifying honestly. So I'm just like looking all the shadows as they're like this matron of the orphanage who locks her charges into, you know, closets and forgets about them. I'm like, is she in my room right now? Like what's, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been like that creeped out in a while. So it was delightful that a middle grade <laughs> could do that. So. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> it was very creepy. And it's funny because just a couple days ago, I was talking to a coworker about me being, you know, a little kid and reading Goosebumps books and how badly some of those scared me. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know, just even just the covers of some of them were so much that I like, I couldn't look at them for like months. So <laughs> yeah, just because something is written for younger readers does not mean that it's pulling punches. That whole series just sounds super duper creepy. And I I love that the middle grade novels are 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 still creepy, like I remember from Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I love middle grade. It's perfect. All right. Well, Kendra, do you want to give a quick update about TBR? Yes, TBR. So uh, TBR is Book Riot's subscription service, and they offer two different options. You can have the book sent to your house if you are in the U.S., or you can just ask for recommendations and you can go find them wherever. And that option is available internationally. Uh, I used to be a bibliologist, so one of the people who picks the books for folks who use the service. And what happens is that you fill out a form, you talk about your likes, your dislikes, if you want something familiar, or if you want to expand your literary horizons. And then your bibliologist is assigned to you as a match as someone who specializes in the books that you're interested in. And then they choose the books for you or for the person you have bought TBR for. And I really, I really love the service. I've actually bought uh, TBR recommendations for friends as gifts. So if you're thinking of birthdays or the upcoming holiday season, TBR is a great option for you. And with its, you know, two different plans, it has plans for a wide variety of different budgets. So you can visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes 
That's mytbr.co. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick pause for our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Penguin Team. In a world where the children of the gods inherit their powers, a descendant of the Greek fates must solve a series of impossible murders to save her sisters, her soulmate, and her city. Descendants of the fates are always born in threes. There's one to weave, one to draw, and one to cut the threads that connect people to the things they love and to life itself. And the Aura sisters are no exceptions. There is Eo, the youngest, who uses her fate-born abilities as a private investigator, but her latest job leads her to a horrific discovery. Somebody is abducting women and setting the resulting wraiths loose in the city to kill. Now, the second book in the series, Hearts That Cut, will be on sale June 18th, 2024. This is a must read for all Greek mythology and fantasy fans. This is dripping with atmosphere, edged with danger. Threads That Bind weaves together a gorgeous dark tapestry of mystery, fated romance, and modern myth. You won't be able to put this one down. And that comes from Alexander Bracken, New York Times bestselling author of Lore. So make sure to pick up Threads That Bind by Kitsa Hatsapolu. And thanks again to Penguin Teen for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books for Young Adults. From number one New York Times bestselling author Jennifer L. Armentrout comes a book I have to tell you about. It's Half-Blood, and it follows Alex and her mom who have spent years on the run from The Covenant, a school where their pure descendants of gods hone their powers and half-mortal teens train to kill demons for them. When her mom is murdered, Alex has two options. She can become a servant for the pures or work twice as hard to catch up in her training. The second option seems easier, but it gets a little complicated, you see, when pureblood Aiden becomes her personal trainer. So falling for Aiden isn't her biggest problem, surprisingly. As demons close in, she must fight to stay alive, even while others around her are dropping dead. So again, Jennifer L. Armentrout does the thing when it comes to romance, fantasy, adventure, all those things. Other books are Blood and Ash, A Shadow in the Ember, all those good things. Make sure to check out Half-Blood by Jennifer L. Armentrout. And thanks again to Bloom Books for Young Adults for sponsoring this episode. All right. Well, real quickly, if you are new to the show, welcome. And if you are a longtime listener, welcome back. We are so delighted to have all of you with us as always. So we talk about mysteries and suspense and true crime on this show and just about anything that falls under that ginormous umbrella. So whether that is different subgenres that we haven't explored or just kind of themed book lists or reading reading list suggestions. We could be talking about favorite author read-alikes. We could be talking about awards, movie adaptations, true crime news, anything along those lines. And this is the part of the show where we always put out a call to our listeners to let us know if there's anything in particular that you think uh, we should talk about on the show. We truly do use so many of these listener suggestions to help us plan future episodes. It's a great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of. It's a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. And it has worked out really well over the last few years. So if you have any ideas, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We're going to have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes. So don't worry about getting it down right now. We just put out the call ahead of time to get the creative juices flowing while you listen. 
even if you don't have an idea and you just want to say hi, there is nothing that we love more than hearing from our listeners. So um, it just it just makes us very, very happy to hear from everyone. Along those lines, if you enjoy this podcast, definitely leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us. So with that, just uh, jump into the news really quickly. And we have a little bit of award news to share. But my first question is, Kendra, have you are you familiar with the Anthony Awards? I am not familiar with the Anthony Awards, but I, I believe they have just announced something very exciting. And I'm excited to hear you talk about it. When I saw this on the agenda, I was like, yay, another awards list. I am a I'm a sucker for a good awards list. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the Anthony Awards are awarded each year at BoucherCon, which is a mystery and suspense conference named after Anthony Boucher, who was a mystery author and a critic who helped found the Mystery Writers of America uh, group. And this event honors a bunch of different different areas of the mystery and suspense fiction community. It's not one of the biggest awards. Um, like, it's you know, the Edgar Awards are probably the biggest awards in the mystery and suspense community. But they highlight a bunch of different uh, types of books. There's always a really great variety in the shortlists that come out. And this year, the Anthony Awards were announced at the beginning of September, right around when we recorded our last episode. And so the winners have been announced. Um, the best hardcover goes to Kelly Garrett's Like a Sister. And that one, uh, I have not read it yet, but that book really intrigued me because Kelly Garrett, my first experience reading her stuff was her Hollywood Homicide series, which are definitely on the humorous, cozy, amateur detective side of the spectrum, but Like a Sister is much more psychological suspense. But that one for best hardcover, Nita Prose is The Maid, which I talked about in our last episode, one for best first novel. They have a best humorous category. Um, so yeah, there's there really is something for there's something for everyone. And then again, the the short lists are always my favorite part of looking at different awards, because why get one reading suggestion when you can get five or six? Exactly. We always need more books for our TBRs. So we will have a link to uh, the Anthony Award announcements in the show notes. So make sure to pop on over, take a look at uh, the winners and the nominees and yeah, so that's that is exciting. We're always always excited to to have more awards to talk about. <laughs> Definitely. All right, and then with that, let's yeah, let's jump into this main segment, which is uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, which runs from September fifteenth through October fifteenth. So not a perfect calendar month like Pride Month or Black History Month, but just as important nonetheless. As always, when we talk about these specialized months that have been designated to commemorate a you know particular culture, a group of cultures and ethnicities, um, when we look at the mystery and suspense offerings, I feel like it just get it just gets bigger and bigger every year. 
Yes, there's definitely so many different recommendations. And I really like to use these months to create TBRs for the rest of the year and then to like read throughout. But there are so many excellent resources during Heritage Months that it's really nice to see that. And so, you know, this Heritage Month is no exception. And there's been so many uh, Latine books on my Instagram feed in particular. So very, very excited for it. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your first pick? Well, I was talking about middle grade and I have come to really love spooky middle grade. And so I read Ghost Squad by Clarabelle A. Ortega. And this is a middle grade ghost story type novel, but there's also a little bit of a mystery to it. So the book is about Luceli, who has uh, an incredible family, but most of them are actually ghosts. And so she has the spirits of her family live in the house with her and her dad. And so he's a single dad giving ghost tours on St. Augustine. And all of her family spirits appear like fireflies in the sacred tree. But then some of the spirits in her house like begin forgetting who they are. And obviously she's terrified that her family members are no longer going to be with her. So her and her best friend, Sid, um, are trying to figure out what's going on, solving the mystery so it has elements of, you know, a ghost story plus a mystery. And it's very family oriented. They go see um, Sid's witch uh, grandmother, Babette. And there's like lots of cats and a particular one named Chunk, who he is amazing, honestly. And so <laughs> I, I absolutely love this story. I mean, ghost stories are fun. Mysteries are fun. And I have then gone on and read just about everything I can I can get my hands on that Clarabelle A. Ortega has written because it's so delightful. I really love it. Yeah. Anytime you have a chonky cat in a story or real life, that's just automatically a point in your favor. <laughs> I, I definitely think so. And on the cover of the book, Chonk is in a like basket on the front of a bike. <laughs> it's so cute. I absolutely love it. And so I recommend this to everyone and their mother's brother. And then Ortega has also written um, Witch the Witchlings series. And it's a middle grade series about witches who are live in an alternate, like, like their own universe. So not in our world. And uh, there's like a competition and all sorts of stuff going on. And I, I just love Ortega's imagination and storytelling. So everyone should go pick up Ghost Squad. God, yeah, such is such a, a wealth of middle grade riches that seem to be coming out. Yes, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and middle grade is not my area of expertise whatsoever. Like, I, I, I feel like I should have picked up a little bit of this knowledge just working in a library in general. But it's like there's a barrier between me and youth services. Like everything that happens in youth services, I'm like I have no idea. So this is very delightful to hear about. All right. So my first pick is The House in the Pines by Ana Reyes. And this book came out earlier this year. It was the first pick of the year for Reese Witherspoon's book club. Um, so it was super popular at my library when it first came out. So I will just make a quick mention I am only, or I have about 20% of the book left to listen to. So I have not finished. I have not finished all of it yet. 
I will say I'm I'm surprised. It has a very it has a much lower rating on Goodreads than I would have expected. And of course, I take Goodreads ratings with a pretty big grain of salt. But I have very much enjoyed the 75% of the book that I have gotten through. So I don't know if if my opinion will change by the time I finish it. But at any rate, this book uh, follows Maya, and it is split into two different storylines. There's Maya as a woman in her mid-20s, and Maya as a a uh, high school senior um, who is just about to leave for college. And when the book starts off with Maya in her 20s, um, she has been sent a, uh, like a YouTube video, or she, she stumbles across this video. It was not sent to her directly. It's of security footage in like a diner, and it's a man and a woman. They're sitting in the booth, they're talking to each other. It's like a five or six minute video, and all of a sudden the woman collapses at the booth. And we find out shortly after that she has died. What makes this super traumatic for Maya is that she knows the man who is with the woman in the video, and she knows him because the summer right before she left for college, her best friend, Aubrey, also dropped dead in the presence of this man for no discernible reason. And so Maya's has tried to put him out of her mind um, for the last seven years, and now she's confronted with everything that happened back then, her trauma at being there when her friend very mysteriously died, not knowing what happened, but being absolutely certain that this guy had something to do with it. And so the story goes back and forth as Maya in the present tries to figure out and piece things together, tries to figure out if she can find out what happened to this to the woman in the video then maybe she'll learn what actually happened to her best friend and then the uh, the other storyline leads up to the point where Maya's friend dies um, and so you're getting you know those little pieces um, and putting the story together and this book I will put a trigger warning on it for um, emotional abuse or just manipulation, emotional manipulation. And I I do that because I have a few people in my life who have unfortunately had experiences with these types of men that are extremely manipulative and, you know, they can um, they could get you to, to believe or do almost anything. And I know that type of stuff, you know, happens in real life and can be and can be very traumatic and triggering. Um so just kind of putting that out there. But yeah, I really have enjoyed this story. It's definitely more of a slow burn type of a thriller as you start to understand what, you know, what happened. Um, you get pieces of Maya's backstory. She grew up only with her mother. Her, um, she, her father was killed in uh, Guatemala when he was very, very young, like in his early 20s, uh, before Maya was even born. So she's never met him. And so his history and a story that he had started writing um, before he was killed, that factors into Maya's 
you know, her understanding of the world and stuff like that. So there, there are all of these glimpses into this, this part of her heritage and her culture that she knows something about, but not, is not as knowledgeable and aware as she would like. But yeah, it's, I think the characters are really fascinating. The relationship that Maya forms with this guy who we we find out later is, you know, or find out pretty quickly is extremely manipulative and just really bad news. Um, the relationship that they form is very, very ominous. And it's just, it's very, it's a very captivating story. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give away too much more about the plot um, at this point. So I will, um, I will shut it down now. But did you get a chance to read this, Kendra? Like, I know at the beginning of the year, this book was like everywhere, mainly because of, I think mainly because of Reese Witherspoon picking it for her book club. But um, did you get a chance to read this? I did not. I did not. But I remember, I remember when it came out, I feel like the cover was like you said, like it was everywhere. And so it's been interesting to see like how people, how people have reacted to it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten to the very end. And so, you know, my opinion has not been fully formed yet. It, some of the sense that I've been getting from reading the non-spoiler reviews, some people I think may find the relationship to like between Maya and this guy, Frank, they, they may find it too unrealistic or like, you know, for whatever reason, not believable. Um, but I know, you know, just from people in my life, like I said, who have had experiences like this, it is absolutely incredible. Like if someone is, if, if someone has a quote unquote talent for manipulating other people, it is unbelievable what other people can be, can believe or can be convinced to do uh, just from the suggestion of another person. So I'm listening to this going, yep, that could that could happen. So yeah, like I said, opinion has not been fully formed, but 75% of the way in, um, I very, very much uh, am enjoying this book. Very intrigued. So again, that is The House in the Pines by Ana Reyes. And then with that, let's take a quick pause for our second sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds. College student Blake and her girlfriend have one goal, join the exclusive sorority that promises connections to a network of trailblazing women of color. Now, Ella's acceptance is a sure thing. She's a daughter of a Serena Society alum. After all, Blake, on the other hand, lacks Ella's pedigree and her confidence. Luckily, though really unluckily, she finds courage at the bottom of a liquor bottle. When she drinks, she's bold and funny, and as pledging intensifies, so does Blake's drinking. Ella assures her that she's fine, partying hard is what it takes, but with her future on the line, Blake must decide how far she's willing to go to achieve glittering dreams of success. Now, just so you know, Jazz Hammonds is the 2023 winner of the critic Scott King John Steptoe Award for New Talent for We Deserve Monuments, and We Deserve Monuments was an Amazon Best Books of the Year and Barnes & Noble Best Books of the Year for 2023, so suffice to say, y'all should check this new one out. Thanks again to Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by Lavender Con and Little District Books. 
LavenderCon, which is just the best name for a book festival, is a new book festival in Washington, D.C. It's presented by Little District Books, which is Washington, D.C.'s all-queer bookstore, both of whom are dedicated to celebrating LGBTQIA authors and stories. The festival will feature over 80 authors, including Terry J. Benton Walker, the author of the Blood Debts duology, famed audiobook narrator Natalie Nottis with her debut romance novel called Gay the Prey Away, and Rashid Newson, author of My Government Means to Kill Me. And as I am looking at the website right now, breaking news, I saw a familiar face, and that is Book Riot senior contributor Susie Dumont. I'm so excited to see her name on this list, author of Queerly Beloved and Looking for a Sign. So you have so many great authors to discover at the festival. LavenderCon will feature 20 plus panels with topics for middle grade, young adult, and adult readers discussing romance, fantasy, horror, writing craft, and more. There will be a queer artist market, so you can go nab all of the great art and stickers and pins and handmade goods. The festival is happening June 29th and 30th in Washington, D.C., and you can either grab Saturday, Sunday, or two-day VIP tickets, which come with a few extra perks. Thank you once again to LavenderCon and Little District Books for sponsoring today's show. We hope you make your way over to the festival. All right, Kendra, take it away, because I am super interested to hear (laughs) you talk about this pick. So I... Uh, was looking for picks today of stuff that we don't cover a lot. So like we don't cover a ton of middle grade. So I wanted to include that. So for the second book, I wanted to include short stories. And we don't often talk about short stories on the podcast. I think often because it can be very difficult to tell an excellent horror short story. So my second pick is Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. And I remember reading this when it came out and just losing my mind over how incredible this book is. And I believe it was it was a finalist for the National Book Award. Like it did so incredibly well back in 2017. And so there are just so many incredible short stories. Like one, there's a woman with a ribbon tied around her neck and she tells her husband, just don't, don't untie it. Like that's his one rule that she is not allowed to step over. And he pushes and pushes and you kind of follow like this man who there's this one thing that he can't have control over. And it just, it just, you know, you can imagine where the relationship goes from there. You have a woman who tells the story of a, like a post-apocalyptic world and little snippets about a series of her lovers. Uh, You have another one, which Machado just like, like kind of rewrites every episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Like, who does that? I don't know, but she does it so well. And I loved this short story collection. And this was before I read any horror whatsoever. And I feel like this is a book that marks in my mind realizing that, oh, if I have the right horror that I mesh well with, I will like it. And so that's something that I really loved about this collection. Yeah, I it's been a long time since I have read this this short story collection, but I really enjoyed it and I don't usually go for short story collections. They just are not in my wheelhouse. But yeah, and I there are definitely stories that are like you said that are horror or horrifying, but for anyone that is put off by horror or like, "Ooh, I don't know about that." There's the language there's so much there's so much to gather from from the language um it's a very literary 
story collection as well. There's, yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. And when you started talking about this, the one, the one story that I really remember from that one was the one about the woman with the ribbon tied around her neck. And I think that's the first story in the collection. But yeah, it's, oh my gosh, it's so, so good. And, but that's one that I have actually been debating, uh, going back and rereading at some point because, yeah, it's it's just, it's really, really fantastic and rightfully deserved all of the accolades that it got when it was published. Yes, it's on my list to reread as well, because I haven't, I haven't read it since 2017, and it's been, what, six six years? Is that how math works? I don't know. That is how math works. <laughs> uh, I am a stereotype of a words person and a numbers person. Anyway, so we we both obviously love this collection, would recommend. And I know a lot of people talk about it, but I feel like it's been long enough that there are people who still haven't read this book that are entering like the bookish internet or bookish podcasting. So if you haven't picked it up yet, it is well worth it. And it's old enough now. There are plenty of used copies wandering around as well. So I'm always here for a good bargain, <laughs> uh, especially when it comes to books because I buy so many. Anyway, so that is Her Body and Other Parties, a short story collection by Carmen Maria Machado. All right. And then my second pick is a book that I read a few a few years ago as well. This is Untamed Shore by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. And she has rightfully gotten so much attention over the last few years, especially with Mexican Gothic. But this one, I think, has really kind of flown under the radar um, with some of her other uh, bigger, splashier books. And in fact, when I was trying to remember, I was trying to remember the title because she's written so many recently. I was like, it's the one with the shark on the cover. Um, so if you've seen the hardcover copy, it's a gray cover with a kind of a stylistic shark on it. Anyway, Untamed Shore is very much a coming of age story and also a noir story. Um, it has, it's very much, um, it, it feels like a twist on a Patricia Highsmith story. It follows Viridiana, who is in Baja, California in 1979. And she is, you know, dreaming of this future beyond where she lives. Um, and because if she stays where she is, basically her only option is to marry and have children, which she has much bigger dreams than that. And then one day, a wealthy American writer comes to town with his wife and his brother-in-law. And Viridiana, like, is given the opportunity to work as his assistant. But as his assistant, she is soon entangled with all three of their lives. And while they offer excitement and novelty, maybe an escape from her current life, but there is also something, you know, going on with them as as well. Like, they are not exactly who they seem to be. Um, you know, is are they, you know, a group of con artists? Like, you know, what exactly is going on? But Viridiana is very eager to protect her new friends and protect this 
this opportunity to escape her boring life. And so, you know, she helps them cover up certain things. She lies for them. Um, but then, obviously, people start asking questions. Um, and some of these questions are ones that she does not want to answer or possibly cannot answer because she realizes she does not know all that much about her new friends. So, yeah, this one... It was a more of a quiet type of story. Like there, there's action, there's darkness, um, there is, you know, there's death, there's murder. But it's it really is a coming of age story, and yeah, it's it really does have have that very that very noir feel to it. And like I said, Patricia Highsmith, it it has a lot of those those elements uh, to it. So I think, you know, for someone who is a fan of Patricia Highsmith, this would make a really good, slightly out-of-the-box recommendation, um, just, you know, to give them something, something familiar and yet something out of the ordinary as well. But yeah, this, uh, this is one that, that um, like I said, does not get a whole lot of attention in light of some of her other books. Um, so this is this is a good one to keep in your back pocket, or um, if you uh, haven't, or if you've read some of Sylvia Moreno Garcia's books before but haven't gotten to this one, this would be um, this would be a great option. And again, that is Untamed Shore by Sylvia Moreno Garcia, and the hardcover is the one with the shark on it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, but we did it! Yay! All all four. So now it's new books time. And let me tell you, it is the golden age or golden hour, golden few months for lots of thrillers and horror. So I just am so excited. Yes. And your pick, I'm, well, I will let you go go first with your pick, but I am, I am just looking at all of the people involved and very, I'm very, very excited. Yes. Okay. So I... I have been looking forward to this book for months. This is Never Whistle at Night, an indigenous dark fiction anthology edited by Shane Hawk and Theodore C. Van Alst Jr. And the introduction is written by Stephen Graham Jones. Contributors include Sherry Dimeline, Brandon Hobson, Darcy Little Badger, Tommy Orange, Mona Susan Power, who is just long listed for the National Book Award. Uh, you have Rebecca Rowanhorse, uh, Richard Van Camp, Kelly, Joe Ford, Kate Hart. Like, listen to all of the names. It is all my stars. I am so excited for this collection. I just have been kind of just, I followed Jane Hawk after I read his book for the Indigenous reading circle, Aaron um, and Danny's book club. And I have loved Shane Hawk's work ever since. And I'm so excited that he was able to have this anthology put together with Theodore uh, Van Alst Jr. And I'm so excited. I'm just like thrumming in my chair right now. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Like every indigenous author that we have ever talked about on this show <laughs> is in this anthology. And I mean, plenty more to boot, but like Kelly Jo Ford, Brandon Hobson, Rebecca Roanhorse, Marcy Rendon, David Heska Wombly Wyden. Like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And Morgan Talty, who's, uh, I think he had a, was a short story collection last year, or was it a novel? I can't remember, but um, I have a copy sitting on my shelf. I'm already building my TBR for uh, Indigenous Peoples Month in November. And um, I'm so excited. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> All right. So my new release pick is Black Sheep by Rachel Harrison. 
And this is a, oh my gosh. Well, I read uh, Rachel Harrison's novel, The Return, uh, shortly after it came out a couple years ago and loved it. This book sounds fantastic. So it follows Vesper Wright, um, whose family is, you know, she acknowledges no one ever has a normal family, but her family is like way beyond. She left home at 18, never looked back, mainly because she was told that if she left the religious community that she grew up in, she could not return. But then an envelope shows up on her doorstep, and it's an invitation to her cousin's wedding, uh, hosted at the family farm. And so Vesper is like, have they made an exception for me? It's not the first time that she's been given special treatment. So is this like an olive branch? Or is this a trap? Either way, it doesn't matter because she there's something inside of her that says she needs to go to the wedding, even if it means returning to her toxic family and reuniting with her mother, who is a former horror film star and a, a forever ice queen. But of course, this being the show that it is and this being the type of book that it is, um, she comes home and learns a very, very troubling secret and is forced to reckon with her family's beliefs and her own crisis of faith. I, yeah, I am so excited for this book. It is just, it is up my alley in all the ways. And yeah, I, I am just so excited. This one is going to be on the list of books that I definitely want to read before the end of the year is out. Um, and that is Black Sheep by Rachel Harrison. Well, those books will be in the show notes, like all of the books that we mentioned today. Um, but but that's our show. So thanks to everyone for listening. And of course, huge thank you to Jen Zink, who's today has earned all of the awards in our eyes as it has been an adventure to record today, to say the least. So she always makes us sound great, and we are forever grateful. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out all of the other podcasts from Book Riot. You can go to bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. If you like to send an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me, Kendra, on Twitter and Instagram at kdwinchester. You can find Katie on Twitter at kt underscore library lady. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye.